everybody. Welcome to the show. Happy, happy Friday. I hope you're all having a lovely day. I hope you have an even lovelier weekend. Today, we're going to have just a fun show uh, where we go through and react to some woke videos that we found on the internet. I always love watching these, love giving my reaction and my commentary, considering the fact that I once shared the same mindset as many of these individuals. So we're going to have a good time. As always, there is Taylor in Nashville. What's going on, you goofy goobers? My favorite two <laughs> chats I saw during the countdown, someone said that they curled their hair from 1A into 3C, which if you've been watching the show, you know we got into hair types. And the other one, someone said, love you, Amla, you're very beautiful and challenging. It's an interesting uh, combination of uh, traits that they decided to point out. Interesting, beautiful and challenging. You know what? I'll take that. Have you been called that before? <laughs> no, I've never I've never been called that before, but you know what? I will I will take it. I think that's very very positive. Now guys, we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into some of these videos that I've compiled on the internet. What happens when you are a trans woman, meaning a biological man, and you have to call your bank to alert them to fraud? but you still sound like a male, even though you have a female name. Well, we're about to find out. Let's watch. So here I am outside Santander in Hove. Uh, this morning I went online and spotted a number of fraudulent transactions on my bank account. Uh, I rang up their online banking to uh, report it, went through all of the security checks. Um, no problem, obviously, because it's my account, uh, but still couldn't talk to them on the phone because uh, my voice is not perceived to be that of Sophie. So um, I was just wondering when uh, perceived gender became one of the security questions. So I've already spoken to Sussex Police, who I'm a hate crime ambassador for, uh, and they actually want it reported as a non-crime hate incident because the law allows for any kind of perceived prejudice uh, to be recorded as, um, as unacceptable. And so I'm gonna, about to go in and see them uh, and the problem is that I'm talking to him on the phone this morning and my account's been compromised and I'm feeling vulnerable and yet they are unable to help me. So let's see what they say in a branch. Well, I've just come out of Santander where we cancelled my card and ordered the new one. Um, I did get called served twice in the process, including once in response to me actually pointing out to them that my account said miss, uh, which was quite disappointing. So Santander, you really need to sort out your trans awareness training and um, I will be taking this up with the uh, people online. I'm not going to be arguing in the, in the branch. I'll, I'll talk to you online. Okay. This is actually something that I did not think about as something that trans people would have to go through, right? Because if you go through the process of changing your name and in this position, changing it from a male name to a female name, of course you're gonna have this issue if you're calling virtually anybody to discuss anything that has to do with yourself. And I'm just trying to picture it. And this is not to like make fun of this individual. It's just to say, this is an honest mistake. I feel like you could do a comedy skit about this where it's like, hello, thank you for calling Capital One. <laughs> Can I? <laughs> Whose account will we be referencing today? And they're like, Sophie. Of course they're not gonna like, of course they're not gonna take you seriously. And they're gonna think if there's already been fraudulent charges on the account that maybe you are the individual who's responsible for the fraudulent charges as you don't sound like somebody with the name Sophie. It seems like an honest mistake. And where this sort of 
teeters over the edge and it irks me a little bit is that this person is not taking in the fact that this could very well be a completely honest mistake when you sound like that on the phone and you're saying that your name is Sophie and that you are in fact a woman. If I'm a banker who's trying to safeguard somebody's money and you know, property essentially, I'm gonna say, ah, uh, hold off. We're either gonna have to speak to you in person at an actual banking location or I can't do anything for you right now because it could very well be that you're just a whole man calling about this account in order to, you know, commit fraud yet again. So the fact that you would go on to report this as a hate crime is ridiculous to me, but it's just gonna keep cascading in this direction so long as we allow it to. Yeah, this guy clearly doesn't watch The Office because if he did, he would know that just because you hate something does not make it a hate crime <laughs> in the immortal words of Michael Scott. That's, well, I hated it, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, take if you're a woman who happens to have a deep voice and you call the bank, the same thing could have happened to you. Does that make it a hate crime? Does that warrant going on the Internet and, and crying discrimination like you know, he says this is from a lack of trans awareness, but I think it's more from a lack of self-awareness in this case. It's just you want your bank to be pretty rigorous with protecting your money. So unfortunately, you're the, the, the place that you are in life, uh, from whatever, however you got there, uh, you have an incongruence between how you sound over the phone and uh, the, the name that you have, the gender that you're presenting to the world. And this is one of the things that is going to come up uh, in the course of going about the world in the state that you're in. And that's unfortunate, but to to make it seem as though the bank is deliberately trying to discriminate against you or somehow lacking in, you know, awareness or something is they're just doing their job, man. And you need to take a chill pill. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, what could they possibly do to fix this? They'd have to. You'd have to, once you've decided to transition and change your, your name and all that stuff, you'd have to call each of your institutions and let them know, I need a record placed on file that I have, in fact, changed my government name, that I may sound like this, but uh, my name is now Sophie, my pronouns are this and that, and hopefully they would have, you know, some sort of filing system to keep all of this on file so that if anything fraudulent happens with your card and you call, they can figure out and deduce that you are, in fact, a biological logical man who calls yourself Sophie. But again, that's more on you. Like the burden of proof is on you because you're the one who's creating this entire situation that they now have to deal with. And had there been an actual man calling to defraud your account, you'd be glad that the bank was so rigorous in saying that, hey, you know, we're not going to unlock this right now. Even though you know all the, the security questions, I would be sussed out too. Come on now. Like we can't be mad. I don't think any reasonable person is upset that this banker said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. But we can't. Yeah, I had confirm. in law, there's this something called the reasonable person standard. And it's just, what would a common sense person, how would they react to this situation? And I mean, when you're the person in the situation that is violating that standard, when you're the person in the situation who's being unreasonable, then you're probably in the wrong. And you just, just, Unfortunately, that's something like you got to take the L because that comes to the territory of the lifestyle that you're living. And, you know, that, that sucks. And even if it were like an immutable characteristic and we could grant that, like, you know, it's not the world's job to adapt itself to you all the time. It's mm -hmm. your job to adapt your life 
to the world for the most part. For real. Honest, honest mistake. Now we're going to move on to another one and ask ourselves, is this an honest mistake? This is a trans person who is presumably on hormones and going through this transitional period in their lives as a trans woman and is stating that they are now experiencing a period or period-like symptoms. Let's watch. Real talk. I am here on behalf of all ignorant men apologizing to women for not taking periods seriously. Oh my god, what is happening right now? I didn't even know trans women could get periods, and I woke up at 2 a.m. yesterday with just cramps, like... And they come and they go, but they're always there, just always uncomfortably gripping my abdomen, you know? Like, and then sometimes I feel like I'm getting stabbed, but it just never lets up. And, oh, yesterday fucking sucked. It sucked. Pain meds, I'm breaking out, like, it just, the pain meds don't really work. And then this morning, I woke up at, like, 4 a.m. with back pain. Where did that come from? Like, what other ingredients of this demon cake exist? Hi, baby. This blows. And I... Women all over the world should get, like, ten extra weeks of paid time off. Because this... Like, every month... I, oh, my... Oh, my God. No. No, please. I need tips. And I need tricks. And I need coping mechanisms. Because I can't just live like this. This fucking sucks. Help, please. I can't, dude. I've never, like... Oh, it's like watching super uncomfortable cosplay. It's really, really bad. Like, I, I don't know where this is coming from. Now, granted, I tried to look into this a little bit just to see, like, is there some sort of side effect of taking hormones that would give you, you know, abdominal cramping or anything like that? And uh, some, some sites say that there is side effects like this. However, they happen to be very clearly pro-trans websites. So it's very hard to deduce what this person is talking about. But let me be abundantly clear. Let me be so real right now. You are not having a period. In fact, it is impossible. You are not having one, for you do not have a uterus that is losing its lining <laughs> once a month. Therefore, you are not having a period. You, in fact, do not know what it feels like. And you can sort of sense in watching this that this young guy is sort of taking in and creating an amalgamation of all the stuff that he's seen about women complaining about, you know, their monthly visitor and is trying to give his best take on what that would sound like if you were to imitate a woman who is now going through this. So I guess I'll give them, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe props for trying to explain uh, a feminine experience to people who don't understand it, but also you don't understand it because you are in fact not going through it. And it doesn't matter like how hard you try to trick your brain and convince yourself that you are, or how many side effects of hormones may seem like they are similar to going through a woman's period. You are in fact not having one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you said it, but I mean, if, if, if this video gets to this person, 
please seek medical attention immediately because something is wrong, but it's, you're not having a period if you right. don't have ovaries and you don't menstruate. So there could be a ruptured appendix going on. There could be an ulcer. You could have had some bad chili and have some gas or something. <laughs> but, you know, that is you may want to get that checked out. And even if we're talking about maybe psychosomatic symptoms here, either there's a physiological or psychological problem of some sort happening and please seek medical attention immediately. <laughs> it's just like, I, I get it. Right. If, and it's so funny because a video like this, whether they intend it to or not, actually points out how blatantly masculine this person actually is because again it's just their masculinized view of what womanhood is and a lot of men whether we like it or not view women as like we wear makeup and we have boobs and we have long hair and we complain about our period once a month and we say that men don't understand it so if you were a man who's trying to take on a woman's identity that's exactly what you would do in your you know cosplay for lack of a better word you would utilize these just stereotypically uh, feminine attributes, traits, talking points in order to communicate your womanhood to other people. And it instead does the exact opposite. You seem more masculine because your lack of understanding is just so abundantly clear in the way that you're communicating this faux period. I see some women in the chat saying it's so insulting. Emily says it's woman tourism. And honestly, I mean, I was, I was kind of being silly a minute ago, but it's I, I live with a woman, my wife. I, I see the reality of this uh, every month or so. And I can't imagine how insulting it must feel to have someone literally appropriate womanhood in this way and basically make a mockery of it by pretending as though they're experiencing the things that, that he cannot experience and pretending like, uh, claiming as his own the and wanting sympathy for, by the way, uh, the things that only women experience. It's got to be it's maddening to me to see. So I can't imagine as a woman how it must feel. Yeah, I'm just like, I just feel like no matter what you do, the man that's deep in you in whatever sense that it is, it shines through, be it like through your personality, through the things that you're saying, through the way that you choose to depict womanhood you can see through it and you can often tell. Now, that's not to say that there aren't passable trans women and trans men that you m may never guess. But even so, I think there are some just deeper set characteristics that biological men and women have that no matter how hard you try, you cannot mask it. You have to be very talented to mask what's going on there. And I don't think this person was capable of masking that. And that's just the reality. Now, the reality also is <laughs> that this identity is, you know, peaking. It's growing. More people are choosing to identify as trans women and trans men. So much so that if you are, you know, a Paramount Plus subscriber and you're waiting for, uh, you know, some new Star Trek to come out, here's some trans awareness that is going to be now featured in it. Transitioning, it's like I had bigger things to think about, but... If I get another chance to remake my body, then why not get rid of all the things that are totally me, you know? Okay, so this says self-discovery knows no bounds in space. Hashtag Star Trek. Hashtag gender awareness week or transgender awareness week. 
I'm gonna be honest, I don't watch Star Trek, and I don't plan on watching whatever new iteration this is, uh, but it's just interesting to watch as Hollywood uh, surrounds itself with this idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and these story arcs start to appear more and more in film, media, and entertainment. And I'm curious how it's going to be received. Of course, this is getting ratioed <laughs> to hell. It really is. Somebody, the immediate reply says, cringe, RIP, Star Trek. <laughs> and somebody else says, I want the nerds back in charge of everything. This sucked, ruined the show. This is beyond cringe. Yikes. So it seems the general consensus is just can we adhere to the original IP of this show and of this this creation and movie series and just not bother it uh, with activism and agenda? And it's okay that you maybe personally feel that way about Transgender Awareness Week, but can we please just allow Star Trek to be Star Trek? And I think with all these different franchises and series that are suddenly getting new woke iterations, there's just going to be a cutoff period for Hollywood where people just ignore this era of movie creation and sequels and prequels and stuff, and they just block it out of their memory and don't go back to watch them and will view Star Trek as the original films and not whatever this new Paramount Plus project is. Yeah, it's just, is it lost on you that you have all of this IP intellectual property of the Star Trek franchise that's beloved by so many people? You have the vastness of outer space uh, to explore. You know, they used to call space the final frontier. But the most interesting thing that we can come up with is someone's gender and their transition. Like, that's so 2023. Everyone's over it. It's funny. I was talking to my wife last night and, and uh, mentioned to her that they're remaking the Chronicles of Narnia. And that's going to be directed by Greta Gerwig, who did Barbie and no, that's whatever. But mm -hmm. uh, that's a beloved like she, she's been my wife's been reading through she, uh, the C.S. Lewis's works and was on the, the Chronicles of Narnia right now. And when I told her that it was being remade, even before I said the director, I think she was like, no, just because <laughs> that's the reaction that you basically have these days, even when one of your most beloved, cherished uh stories or uh, like works of literature or a, a film that was made a long time ago, when you hear that they're remaking Harry Potter or coming out with a new Lord of the Rings or whatever it may be, the reaction these days is not excitement. When I was younger, it was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, they're finally making it. I'm so excited. Oh, mm -hmm. they're rebooting this even. I'm so excited. Now it's like, oh God, what are they going to do with my beloved uh, stories and characters and things that I grew up cherishing? You just know they're going to inject some modern nonsense into it and make it not about the original intent of what it was created for but put some modern spin and everyone's just sick of it yeah man i felt a twinge of that when uh they announced that hunger games ballad of songbirds and snakes was going to be made i was like oh gosh please i was like i was immediately like googling who's the team on this film like who's working on it who's going to be taking this book and creating the film that's going to come out of it and i was so utterly relieved to see that Francis Lawrence, who had directed many of the other previous films, all except for the, the very first Hunger Games, was going to be the same director. Because you can just tell when somebody actually cares about the intellectual property that they are adapting and wants to really make the story come to life in all of its complexity and with all of its intricacies. And I was just thinking, please don't let anybody taint or corrupt this, because there's a lot of ways in which you could do exactly that especially with how the Hunger Games ties into how much uh, how much is happening in our modern world. I think easily you could have 
a very left-leaning woke director or screenwriter come in to this film and just completely turn it on its head and make it lose some of the quality that it once had. And luckily, it doesn't seem like that's happened. Now, I've been waiting and holding off on watching the film, even though it's already out, because I am waiting to watch it with my sister. So I'm watching it next week on, like, Wednesday or, or so, and I am just like sitting at the edge of my seat waiting to go and watch this movie. So no spoilers. I guess you already know the plot if you've read the books. Huh? I do. I do already know the plot because I've read the books. And yeah, I'm just so excited to see how they've adapted it and, and how good it is in comparison to the books. Y'all know I rep Suzanne Collins till the day I die. <laughs> so. hey, speaking of remakes, they're making that Mean Girls remake that came out. Uh, the news about that came out this past week. Is anyone excited about that? I asked y'all in the chat. Uh, if you're, ex do you still get excited when Hollywood is going to make or remake your favorite stories? 88% are saying no, 12% yes. Wow. Something's amiss. Uh, something is wrong here in this culture. We, I told you guys, when I saw the Mean Girls remake, I, I don't think they're gonna necessarily woke by it. I don't know how you could like make Mean Girls more, you know, socially acceptable for like leftist ideology. It looks like they're just gonna recreate the movie like piece by piece, word for word, but add, you know, the musical songs from the Broadway show. So I'm curious to see if it's, I don't think it's going to be better than the original. So it makes me question why they're even doing it. I get that there's a musical audience out there who's really going to like the music being integrated, but they did that with the Broadway show. So it's kind of, kind of strange that people are just churning out content for the sake of, of churning out content. But y'all know I, I love Renee Rapp, but she's super talented and I hope she, hope she crushes it. Hope she does indeed. Now yeah, it's like you want to keep sorry, you want to keep an open uh -huh. mind on some of these things that are coming out, but it gets increasingly hard to do so. Like right. we talked about the Willy Wonka one, we're like, okay, maybe it's gonna be okay, but yeah, it's it's getting increasingly hard to just be optimistic. Dude, the Wonka trailer, I have no, I have no hope. And it's not even on the basis of like wokeness, even though it seems that they're like clearly hell bent on like diversity quotas and changing up the story of the Oompa Loompas because they don't want to offend anybody with that. And a lot of people are offended by the OG Oompa Loompas in Willy Wonka, for those of you who did not know. Uh, and more so than that, I just don't think Timothy Chalamet is ready to step into the shoes of that character. And I think a lot of people felt that exact same thing when they watched the trailer because it was a huge trend online about how cringe he was in the original trailer. I And I, I think he's a fantastic actor. I've watched a lot of his films and I think he's wildly talented. I just don't think he can fill the shoes of that specific character. There's just so much uniqueness in the original Willy Wonka that there's really tough. It's a tough, it's a tall order. Ozzy said, my dad, girl, my dad works on Willy Wonka. So <laughs> hopefully it's good. <laughs> hopefully your dad's doing a good job. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people worked on uh, the, the new Willy Wonka. Visually it looks cool, but mm -hmm. I I do not, I'm going to say the not high hopes. chocolate cartel though. Uh, yeah, the chocolate cartel. They're doing like uh, corporation stuff, which, hey, you know, also something I might be able to get behind. We do have a video on uh, the new Wonka on this channel somewhere. Mm -hmm. You guys can go yeah, check it out. And, I'll put the link uh, in. Check that out. Now, the cultural appropriation train 
is uh, running again. <laughs> uh, the toxic cultural appropriation train. This one is a video that went viral on Twitter. It's got 5 million views on Twitter, which I was kind of shocked by. And it's an unlikely culprit, I guess, when it comes to cultural appropriation. So let's watch and have you be the judge. Houston, welcome to Stick Talk's first brick and mortar location, which is located in Midtown. Stick Talk is a black owned concept that fuses the flavors of Japanese hibachi with the bold flavors of the Cajun style. Okay, so this video went wild. Like so many people were commenting on this and saying, what, this is cultural appropriation and black people are doing it this time. Aren't you the group of people that gets the, the angriest about cultural appropriation? Others fighting back and saying, I don't see any problem with this. We're sharing cultures, you know, they deserve to be able to do this. Uh, and you know what? I'm inclined to agree. Just like I agree when we talk about, you know, white people utilizing different cultures on this channel, uh, people discussing different things they don't like about certain cultures on social media. All is fine so long as you're not a hypocrite and you turn around and accuse other people of cultural appropriation. Now, some of the black people working at this restaurant or making this food are gonna get up in arms when a Japanese person starts, you know, making soul food and putting their hair in cornrows, then we're gonna have a problem. But so long as you keep it cute when Japanese people utilize your culture, it's okay to utilize theirs. So I don't see any issue with this as long as you keep it cute, my friends. Yeah, no one's offended by this on its face. I mean, we're all about the melting pot of America, the cultural exchange. It's just if you have the double standard as, you know, rules for thee and not for me, or if you're going around trying to police people, uh, you're not allowed to use this culture because they're more oppressed than yours, blah, blah, blah. Just enjoy the food. I was just in Louisiana last week. Love me some Cajun food. Love me some Japanese food. So this sounds like a great spot. Not offended by it. I don't think anyone else is. Looks like 95% of you in our poll are saying you are not offended <laughs> by this. You don't think it's cultural appropriation. So again, it's like the reasonable person standard we talked about earlier. Just just be reasonable. And the people who are going around policing other people and what they're doing with their restaurants, they're the unreasonable ones. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting to like watch. I just, I just don't know what you would want people to do in this scenario. If you have good food, it's good food. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're selling it, that's great. Make your money off of something that you've decided to, to do. And that's fine. It's fine when black people do it. It's fine when Japanese people do it. It's fine when white people do it. You name it. It's okay. So long as you're creating a good product, you're creating a good product. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> I'll debate a cultural appropriation Karens at any turn because it just gets to me so much because, you know, we borrow so many things from other cultures. You know, if you look around the room that I'm in right now, there's a lot of stuff that was probably created by a specific group of people or, you know, comes from a certain type of culture. And here it is. And it's all come together. And we all eat different types of food. We all, you know, utilize different things from different cultures. We don't have to always sit there and think about where everything came from and thank each specific group of people or say we're not going to utilize things from, from certain groups of people. We can all coexist and blend. And, you know, culture is meant to be shared. That's how we progress as humans. It's quite literally how we survive sharing cultures. So... Cool. Yes. And that applies also, like I just started reading a book that Ayan Ali recommended. Um, it's about, it traces back like the history of Western civilization, basically. And it's all about the ideas, like from Athens to Jerusalem and beyond, like how mm -hmm. did we get to where we are? And, and when we talk about 
culture and sharing culture, like we don't even realize how much we are standing on the shoulders of prior generations, of prior peoples, like the ideas of representative government, the ideas of free speech and equality and all these things that we take for granted as being ours these days really are things that were uh, fought for and figured out over generations and eons of time that societies really had to to wrestle with. And, and it took it took a lot to get to where we are today. So food is just one domain in which we look at it and the the, the, divi- the cultural divisions are clear. But uh, still, we're, we're literally standing on this amalgam of history uh, to enjoy the culture that we're living in today. And people are always so quick to like, uh, just denigrate it and then create all these little divisions. And, and it's just unfortunate. Yeah, dude, imagine the man who like first created fire and he's like, oh shit, you know, I can like, I can cook my food now. Yeah, the and stuff. Like, yeah. That's so cool. And then he's like, uh, me make fire, you know, make fire. Me culture is fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so stupid. It's so stupid. But now we're doing that with like seasoning mixes. Are you serious? <laughs> like, it's so lame. It is such like a first world problem right now that people feel the need to like claim their spice mixes and foods and stuff. Like, chill out. Let let them cook. Literally, let them cook. <laughs> I can't do Oh my gosh. Speaking of cooking and culture, uh, a lot of people around this time of year as Thanksgiving is quickly coming down the bend, they're doing Friendsgivings. They're getting together, pulling up there with their closest friends, doing things like potlucks. You know, you bring a dish, I bring a dish, we get together, we play some music, we have a good time, and we talk about the things that we're thankful for. So... I'm going to play you a Friendsgiving video, uh, and it's a Friendsgiving where the rule is you are only allowed to cook from your own culture, which, again, is is fine if that's how you want to do your Friendsgiving. I want to see if anything stands out to you when we watch said video. Friendsgiving, but you're only allowed to cook from your own culture. Vietnamese. Min Shao Kua. Mexican. Tamales. Jamaican. Brown stick chicken. White. Apple pie. Taiwanese. Three cup chicken. Spanish. Enchiladas. Russian. Beef stroganoff and potatoes. Did anything stand out to you guys? I'm curious to see if you guys catch it in uh, in the comments. I haven't seen somebody yet. There we uh, go. Did somebody put it there? I'm seeing the white, uh, white Mariah apple pie. says white. <laughs> it's so funny. So you have all these people who get like super specific in you know their background, the food and everything, and then it's just white apple pie. And it's so interesting because I've seen many of these Friendsgiving videos where they do this exact same thing. It'll be like, you know, Nigerian, Igusi, you know, you know, uh, Mexico, tamales, white. And then it's just like something <laughs> random from, you know, like t- anything from like apple pie to baked potato or something like that. It's very strange. And I wonder what that is, because I think I'd also be the culprit of not uh, breaking down what white actually means, because, of course, if you're white, you could be anything you could be you know scandinavian you could be french you could be german but people are just putting the label white and and then bringing things like apple pie but i guess i'm as i said i'm also a perpetrator of this like if somebody asked me like where are you from or what's your background i would say nigerian and white 
<laughs> you mm. don't think to like. Yeah, do you know your mom's like heritage or whatever? Like yeah, what countries she's descended she, from? She's like a mutt. It's like a mix of, you know, European, like French. Most of us whites German. are, so, you know. Right. So maybe that is. If you're thinking like, oh, we're just an amalgamation of like, you know, some are, you know, we're a little bit Scottish, a little bit French, a little bit German. You would just label yourself as white, and that would be the one that you take on. So if you are a white person who's a mix of all these different countries, you, I, I'm, presumably you have a dominant one that you would say, like, if somebody asked you what type of white, you would just be like, okay, I'm tip, mostly German, mostly Scandinavian. Yeah, that's, I mean, I care about this stuff. So I was like the, the kid who was like investigating with my grandparents and saying, okay, let me figure out, you know, what, percentage of my bloodline is from which culture and for me it's the majority i think like mostly um norwegian and then the next biggest slice is swedish come from minnesota so there's a bunch of scandinavians up there and i've got some scottish and french and other stuff um but yeah i took a pilgrimage a couple years ago to trandall norway it's a little tiny you know village barely a village like 20 people live there uh, but it's my last name it's like the place where i'm ancestrally from i think that's fascinating but like my wife on the other hand i'll ask her because i'm like if we have when we have kids i want to know like you know what's the breakdown for them and uh she's like i don't know it's a little bit of this a little bit of that and doesn't really care and i think that's more where we get that white is just apple pie category mm -hmm. but also norwegian food i don't know that people would be that excited that if uh, not to hate on any Scandinavians, but uh, yeah, what is that like herring? Bring that to a friend's giving, yeah, like some pickled herring or something. I don't know. It's got the greatest uh, tastes. The but, greatest yeah, reputation. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of white people who are like really proud that they're like part Italian or whatever, and they're you know that their their grandma makes a great Italian dinner, and I think that's cool, and it's important to kind of keep your heritage alive a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've seen this happen. As I said, I've seen this happen more than once. We're gonna watch another clip of this exact thing happening. <laughs> well, let's take a look. Friendsgiving, but you're only allowed to cook from your own culture. Butter chicken. Enchiladas. Pierogies. Darmali. Chicken tikka pizza. Chicken fricassi plus. Stuffing. Stuffing white. <laughs> So everybody else, it's interesting because there was another white girl in there and she got her little flag or everything. So she presumably has a piece of her background and culture that she is directly attached to more than just white. Uh, but this girl is just like, you know what? Stuffing, baby. And uh, that's white. <laughs> Where is stuffing from? Does anyone know like if that's an actual food from somewhere? Let's see. Let's uh, let's do the old let's do the old Google. search on this one. Stuffing is from which country roman empire it's first to appear in the roman empire a collection of roman dishes it's documented uh -huh. in this book that i'm not going to try to pronounce which is translated as cooking and dining in imperial rome and featured within a kitchen anthology called apicius apicius is that how you say that uh so yeah there you go from the roman empire so i guess still white so it's yeah, it's Italian, I guess. I mean, yeah. technically. So there you I go. I did do a poll here and asked you guys if white people, uh, do you know your ancestral heritage? Probably should have said white Americans because I think we're more confused white over America. here about that. But 69% uh, say yes and 14% say no. So. Okay. So, I mean, that would probably be the same as like any black person for the most part. I think a lot of people either or take it really seriously or like choose to do a little deep dive into their background or they just don't. I think there's a lot of people who also just don't care 
all that much about what the yeah. breakdown is. Increasingly. What, what other things qualify as white dishes, though? So we got, like, stuffing, baked potatoes. Hot dogs. <laughs> hot dogs. Or is that German? I don't know. What was the first one? <laughs> yeah, hot dogs might be German. Uh, what, the first one was apple pie. They qualified that as white. But that's guys, Dutch. It's like, isn't Dutch apple pie a thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who created it. There's a it. saying as American as apple pie, but like I have a friend whose mom, his mom's Dutch and like they make the best Dutch apple pie. So, that's the thing. <laughs> so many put mayonnaise in the chat. Yeah. Uh, just imagine you just bring a Someone tub of mayonnaise. Bread, question mark. Like Wonder Bread. We probably did invent like processed bread. That's <laughs> we hilarious. Panda Express. That's white people food. Cheese on toast. Biscuits with gravy. Wow. Mm. Okay. We're coming down to it. Yeah. See, so some of you are throwing in like German dishes, you know, other, you know, European dishes that are from white people. But I'm wondering like, what is white American food? Like, what would you, I think we got a few. Manny's. <laughs> I mean, like casseroles, I think, is a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, casseroles. Like, yeah. That's legit. I'm trying to think. Scalloped potatoes and hams my grandma used to make. Oh, uh, the joke is unseasoned chicken. That's Chipped beef on toast. <laughs> chipped beef? <laughs> unseasoned chicken. What is chipped beef? Uh, Google it. Something my grandma I'm, used to serve my dad. I'm scared. <laughs> chipped beef. Okay, let's take a look. Images. Someone said fortune cookie. I think white people did invent fortune cookie. I was right to be scared. Chip beef does Chicken look nuggets. a little strange. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> okay. We're learning new things here. I love our little cultural deep dives. Our last one was mm -hmm. teaching you guys about hair textures. Now we're learning what is white American white American food. If you can think of any jello, somebody said. That's legit. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Green bean this casserole. Green bean casserole, I feel like, is Okay, peak. that's legit. I feel like that's that's white American okra? food right there. Is it okra American? And like Cajun food's American. Is that technically? What, what I guess you on um, black people might claim that as like soul food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's white which, people. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking American. They yeah, might right. they might claim that white. from you, but I don't know who did it first. We've learned that a lot of like black culture is actually from Southern whites. Okay. Shout out to Tom Soul and his book, uh, White Net Rednecks uh, or Potato Black salad. Rednecks and White Liberals. Yeah. Potato salad. Cheese curds, <laughs> oatmeal. <laughs> Why is it like the worst? Yeah, mac and cheese. Cowboy caviar. <laughs> Isn't that just like the white people version of pico de gallo? Or yes. whatever? <laughs> uh, you're an OG listener if you said cowboy caviar. Uh, so mm. we greatly appreciate that, guys. Uh, you guys aren't really helping, so it sounds no. like they're having as hard of a time as we are. We are. Up with we're having. Food. We're having a tough time. We're gonna watch right. one more here. Uh, Y'all remember the cultural, not the cultural appropriation, Karen. The pronoun Karen that we reacted to on this channel, who constantly films themselves going to restaurants and getting misgendered. Well, it happened once again, and uh, a man tried to give didn't even really misgender him, was just giving an explanation as to why it's kind of difficult to take on different pronouns, and it wasn't well received. Let's watch. Hi there. Regular water okay? Uh, yes, please. And, uh, oh, just so you know, uh, are, are you my server? Yes. My pronouns are she, her. Okay. It's all good for me. Thank you. I, I, I understand the whole thing, but it's, it's complicated sometimes because I just, I want to say man, but she is, you know what I mean? It's, it's hard because... Over here, he might be, he might, she might be they or something. You know, they have a different. I mean, I have no problem. Just, okay. If you want, I can, I can help. Okay. We'll talk. Okay. One should not expect that one, even though he's San Franciscan and liberal and open, will know all that because I'm a little bit older and it's tough. 
friend, so I'm not always saying she, he, they, whatever. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just a little bit complicated. It's not in a sense, but it, you know, like you, you, you want me to say man or she. Yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I'm no problem, but there are a lot of... Anyway, regular water. One thing at a time. <laughs> the way he just, like, gives up on trying to explain himself. He's like, I'm just trying to say that some of you come in and they say he, she, they. I want to call you ma'am, but what if you go by they and all this stuff? Anyways, regular water. I'll, I'll come right back with the regular water. <laughs> <laughs> just gave up. Yeah. <laughs> This was one of a more, it was a more respectful encounter, which I will give them that. At least they said, you know, before you end up serving me, I just want to let you know that my pronouns are she or her. If you need help with that, I'll give you help with that. But it's just <sighs> listening to it a little bit. It's just like, ugh, it seems like an exercise in futility in a lot of ways. And he even said, you know, I'm San Franciscan. I'm liberal. I'm totally open to all this stuff. I just want to let you know it's difficult for me. It's like an older guy hearing this stuff. It just gets mixed up in my brain. And that's totally valid. And I'm glad he felt comfortable enough to say it, although he kind of like trailed off at the end mm. and was clearly nervous in explaining himself. Yeah, he was like really waffling a lot and then was like, one cannot expect that one, even if one is liberal and, and you know, in San Franciscan could know all this stuff and just a true statement. But you, you said it's respectful. I mean, I guess it's respectful in insofar as the guy uh, or the person sitting at the table was uh was not being angry and venting right. or whatever, but it's not very respectful to like set up a camera and then go somewhere and police. And we know this is a pattern for this person. So anyway, definitely don't think he's a respectful person for going around doing this. Who's clearly no. trying to bait people into misgendering him so he can cry about it and get clout on the internet. Yeah, no, most definitely not. As soon as you like decide to film somebody and then you think this is going to go out on the internet, I, it, I lose a lot of sympathy for you as an individual, but I am glad at the very least that when the server came to your table, you said, before we get down to things, I just want to let you know my pronouns are this and at least warn them a little bit about what is to go down from here. You know what this made me think of was actually, remember when Ricky Gervais gave the speech at the Oscars or whatever, he was hosting it and he was like, you come up here, you win your award, you say thank you and then you F off. I'm like, yes, I think this guy needs to hear like, you go to the restaurant, you get your menu, you get your drink order, you order your food, and you have off. Like, right. Don't, we don't need to set up a camera. We don't need to have this big exchange about pronouns. Just do what you're there to do and F off. For real. People get misgendered all the time. Just leave it be. And I'm sure if you're a cisgendered person listening right now, uh, a.k.a. a biological woman or man, uh, you've probably at some point had somebody accidentally call you by the like wrong pronouns or call you ma'am when you're actually supposed to be called sir or whatever. Do you make a huge deal out of it? No. You just let it go and you certainly don't film them and put it on the internet for other people to see and comment on. It's just redamdiculous. I said that on yesterday's show and everybody was like, redamdiculous. What is that? I don't know where that came from, but we're using That's it. That's a new one. <laughs> We're going to use it on the show. And with that, we're going to get into Super Chats, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. Best part of the day. Best All right. part of the day. There's a fair few Serving of them. Serving it up so Gary's we're way. We're going to try to move through them pretty quickly. 
Uh, except I scrolled past the first one. Sorry. Okay, here we go. Um, Danny Tarotis is kicking us off today, as he often does, gets those super chats in early at the top of the show. Hey. Uh, says, hello, happy Friday. What are your Thanksgiving plans? My husband is in charge of the turkey. Oh, that's a, a big responsibility on that one. I'll be with my family, you know, having a good little Thanksgiving meal. Probably help my grandmother whip it in the kitchen. And uh, yeah, we'll sit, talk, have a good time, and just hang with one another. That's that's my Thanksgiving plans. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to North or not or somewhere in Georgia. I don't even know at this point, but uh, my wife's family's spread across Georgia, so we're going somewhere. And her aunt is an incredible cook and loves to like it's like her gift and loves to handle it for everybody. Hmm. So we've just been asked to bring drinks, and so we're going to make like a Thanksgiving sangria from a viral reel that I saw. You know how you get those little drink (laughs) recipe things and everything looks all perfect. So it's probably not going to turn out uh, as well as it looks, but we're going to handle that. Hey, with that attitude, it won't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Susan Hogan says, thank you both for the great content. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it, Susan. The fact that your name is Susan, Susan I I love that. Uh, I've been watching Desperate Housewives, and um, one of the one of the wives in the show is her name is Susan, and she's one of my favorite characters. And yeah, one Susan to another, brother. Hmm. Uh, Sun Sumi says, I "Can't watch the live today, but did want to throw some money in the basket. Thanks oh. for doing these shows. You are a highlight of every day." Taylor, too. Much respect. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you for your support. And your humorous uh, screen name is a highlight of my day. So (laughs) thank you. Uh, Must have loved dogs. Another screen name that I love uh, says I'm so excited for the new Hunger Games film. I'd I'd hope to finish the book before today, but I was too busy packing to move. By the way, how did your move go? Oh, well. There hasn't been one, guys. <laughs> I'm still here. There was going to be a, a move, uh, really, the beginning of next month. And now it's not. We're just going to stay here for a little while longer. The thing is, when you're trying to look for a new place in L.A., uh, it's just never never good during the holidays. Uh, that That's what I've learned and learned it very, very quickly. And I don't know why that is. Apparently, there's some rule that people know that it's not good during the holidays to move places. It's probably because people aren't moving, so you don't have, like, good deals for places. But we're going to stick it out and stay here for a little while longer. Not sure how much longer, but a little while. Sutma Dude says, I, too, have periodic, no pun intended, abdominal cramps, just like that person in the TikTok video. Seems to always happen after I eat Chipotle. <laughs> Once we go no beans, Chipotle. man. Yeah. <laughs> Skip the beans. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Fonseca says, Amala, were you ever pro-choice? Main thing that changed me for me politically is that now I'm pro-choice. My reason is dark. Basically, too many unwanted kids. Uh, I mean, I've heard that reasoning. and I, I can understand from a certain perspective why people feel that way. I was and I was kind of like, a, yeah, you should have the choice, but I would never do it kind of person. Then I was like, OK, why would I never do that? And that changed my mind on that. And now I kind of sit in, I don't know, the middle on the issue. I don't have, you know, a super strong opinion in either direction. It's something that I'm still looking into as something that could could change my perspective on that issue. So no, no strong ties. Isabella Holmes Zoltok says, first live, do you think the increase in trans identifying people is because less people are going to church and interacting in real life? 
they reach for this to be a part of something. Wait, what was that? The first part? Sorry. The, the increase in trans identification uh, because people aren't interacting as much in real life. Um, I partially, I think like if you're, if you don't have a lot of any type of social interaction with other people, it could be from school, extracurriculars, clubs, things like church, whatever. Um, and you turn to people on the internet for acceptance and feeling like you're part of a group, you can find certain rabbit holes and one of those could be the trans rabbit hole. So I think that's part of it. Feeling isolated can make you feel incongruent with your body too. So yeah, the, the more you can socialize and go out and make friends and good relationships, the better off you will be as a human being typically. So could, could be a, a big factor. Joy says, no uterus, no period. Just when I thought the delusion can't go any further. But I shouldn't be surprised they were ignoring biology from the get-go. Right. You listen to it and you're just like, there's no way to justify what is being said right now. There's literally none. It is not happening. You do not have one. And I've seen a number of trans people on the internet say that they experience like a period-like week out of every month and regardless if you're having symptoms that you think are similar or whatever you are not having a period period <laughs> <laughs> straight to jail, straight to jail. <sighs> uh, eric brown says it's so great to see you today you're always such a light in these crazy times and i look oh. forward to hearing you talk also tell amala hi <laughs> <What a joke. laughs> I love that. Oh, that is okay. so funny that was so good love that <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel flattered. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, it's great. Taylor's blushing. <laughs> uh, Cameron Campbell says, when, in, when is Hollywood going to learn that we don't want identity politics? Not anytime soon. <laughs> Not anytime soon, baby girl. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think slowly but surely they have to learn. It's just like these movies continue to flop and flop and flop and flop. Uh, but we shall see. I'm not holding my breath. Pitland44 says, something to ponder. What percent of trans people have either autogynephilia or histrionic personality disorder? Because this really does seem like a performance. Something to think about. What are other underlying causes for this this identity that you're now taking on? We're not going to get into the weeds of, you know, what those two different examples are. It's just to say that there are many other driving forces that are not necessarily gender dysphoria, but could lead to uh, thinking you have gender dysphoria, that you should be another gender or, you know, other psychiatric comorbidities that do bring on gender dysphoria, but doesn't mean that the solution is transitioning. Uh, Paradox Media says, unfortunately, it's too it's much too easy to trick yourself into believing falsehoods. I want to see scientific data of a traditional versus trans man's brains. Ah, uh, I think I'm trying to think of what study I feel like there's there been some was. kind of study on that. I think Deborah So, I could be uh, to point you in her direction would probably be the best place to go. And she has a book called The End of Gender. I think within that book she talks about brain scans of the two different groups that you mentioned, but I'm not don't quote me on that. Not sure. Christina Buttons also Mm-hmm. Cameron Campbell says, I am hopeful that in 10 to 20 years, this woke stuff is going to be seen as dated. Mm, 10 to 20 could be, or it could evolve into the final boss. <laughs> I don't know. 
I hope. I hope so. Ten and twenty would be smooth. That'd be swift. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take isn't it. it like when you think about it like that, man? That's a significant chunk of my lifetime. Yeah, that's already been a significant chunk of my lifetime. So I'm gonna have to be dealing with this, you know, for, for the majority. I saw someone posted a, like I don't remember what it was, but it was like. Oh, it was the the clip of Creed performing at the halftime show of the Dallas Cowboys in 2001. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're singing the song Higher. And it's just like this snapshot of what life was like, like hmm. in that time. And he was like, I ache for a life I'll never know again or something like that. <laughs> just talking about how like living in modern uh, times. You can, you're old enough to remember before all the woke stuff came in, but like, you're in the middle of it now and you just know that this is going going to be your mm. life now for the foreseeable future it's just like the despair of a life that you'll never have back tragic despair uh, man i never sorry. got to uh, fully experience it so yeah that's you know, <laughs> never no know wonder it. gen z's having some issues man yeah no wonder we're crushed <laughs> you know, emotionally. don't have a reference point for for normal and wholesome oh yeah for real if you're born after 2001 essentially you you don't you <sighs> have a whole different united states that is so crazy to think about yeah uh, let's keep talking about it for another yeah. minutes. <laughs> I could, but let's move on. Uh, Yuki91 says, check out the Brave 2 album from Tom McDonald and Adam Calhoun. It speaks volumes of the modern world today. I'll have to read they the lyrics. They love McDonald. I'll have to read the lyrics. <laughs> read the lyrics book. <laughs> yeah, I'm back sorry, in my day, guys. you got CDs yeah. and you could get the little booklet and read the, right. the lyrics of all the exactly. songs. Exactly. Now they're just on Spotify. Yeah. So that's but, oh, dear. Uh, Anisha says Hollywood should stop making remakes. If they don't have original ideas, then there are a million more fairy tales and stories out there to use. Yeah, for real, man. I don't know how you couldn't come up with something new to do and like just flip something on its head at least. But they're just like making these just word for word, not even word for word because they're switching it and adding their own agenda in it. But it's like they're shells of what they once were type remakes. Uh, Daniel Santana again says happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Daniel. Uh, Cameron Campbell, one more, says, I will say when it comes to Wonka, I don't mind original characters being black, brown, or white as long as they are entertaining. Meanwhile, making the villains, the big companies versus Wonka's small company kind of fit. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. Wait, read the last part. Sorry. Uh, making the villains, the big companies against Wonka's small company kind of fit. Yeah, I think like I think in my original video of it uh, about Wonka, I was like, I can get behind an anti-corporation message in this. Like they're the gatekeepers to being in the chocolate world or whatever. I think that's something cool to to explore, especially with everything that's happening in the modern day with corporations. I'm and I'm all for, you know, you can switch characters or whatever and have them be a different race if it makes sense. And if the storyline is good, like if the character speaks for itself, because now it's coming it's becoming this kind of hollow thing that Hollywood does where they go, what do you mean the story wasn't good? She's black. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's not enough to carry the story. It's not enough to carry the character. So there has to be like reasoning and intention. It has to make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, at least have it be like a wonderfully done character. Uh, Y'all know I watched Bridgerton, the Queen Charlotte uh, story and everything. And obviously it makes no sense that Queen Charlotte is played by a black woman, but the girl happens to be so talented and the storyline happens to be really good. So you, I watched that whole series and you can sort of just like cognitively overlook the fact that this makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the story can can speak for itself. And they're a cute little couple and they still look good together and all this stuff. But if you don't have that going for you and you're just like throwing in diversity quota characters in order to do it, it just falls flat and it makes people uh, dislike diversity in films more than they naturally would if you were giving them a good story. Right. Has the exact opposite effect. You're trying to like, in your yeah. mind, reduce racism by forcing all this representation, but it actually just creates resentment of the fact that you're doing that instead of just writing a good character into a show. Another good example was Top Gun Maverick, that they did a great job having like female pilots and black pilots and Hispanic mm -hmm. pilots, but it's not like, Ooh, guys, look, it's a woman. Did you notice she's a woman? It's kind of just like, it's right. a matter of fact, and it's just part of the story, and it fits in the world. It's like, okay, cool. You know, no yeah. one cares. No one's mad at that. But like, it's just this, when they're forcing it. When, sometimes yeah. you get woman characters, and they could have easily written her as a, like a "Watch me go, boys!" Like, well, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna beat you all in this flight simulation because women can do everything that men can do. But you notice how they just zipped it up and kept it quiet, and she did everything that they could do, and she mm -hmm. was still featured in their final mission, but she didn't talk shit like a misandrist she just like did her thing and that's all you needed nobody ever nobody batted an eye nobody said anything and they literally mm -hmm. hit everything they hit woman man asian black they got every single card you could possibly ask for and nobody cared it's almost like an insecurity that you actually have to say something on top of it it's like yeah. just being there is like hey that's badass yeah mm -hmm. you're there you made it you know right <laughs> so uh jen mcmahon says fusion cuisine is still a thing hey that rhymed lol Fusion cuisine is still a thing, and fusion cuisine is still a thing. <laughs> depends on how you pronounce it. Yeah, it depends, it. On, how you're, depends on how you're saying it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's still a thing, and I, I think it's an awesome thing. I love when two cultures can come together and you make something super dope out of it. 100%. One more from Cameron says, mm, segregation during Thanksgiving. By the way, what are your plans for next Thursday? I think you said that. I did say my plans. I'm going to be with my family, chilling uh, and eating some good food. So I'm very excited. Haven't seen my family in a minute. Some some food, some white food. Some Caucasian <laughs> cuisine. Okay. <laughs> uh, Celtic Blacksmith says, my friend does a Friendsgiving every year. Last year, the power went out. The resulting teamwork tornado of rednecks and generators was beautiful. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Dude, rednecks are prepared for when stuff goes down. Bro, brother, they are. Them. They are. Uh, Victoria Clavero says, I'm white, but my ethnicity is Latin. My mom is from Florida and my dad is from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Mm. Uh, that. The looks I get when I say I'm Latin is crazy. Yeah, I can imagine. Just people just don't expect some things when from certain people, or you kind of look ambiguous, or you look white, and yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. The struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex Slusher says, "My last name is Schlosser, pronounced Slusher, but people often mispronounce it. My ancestors are from Germany." So his his YouTube name is S L U S H E R Alex Slusher, Slusher, but then he spelled it in the super chat. My last name is S C H L O E S S E R. Oh, so like a German spelling. I will guarantee to mispronounce that, hundred percent. But Slusher, we got it. It's up here now. It's in the bank. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, Joshua Denoyer says, as a white person, I absolutely refuse to sign off on mayonnaise. Disgusting. <laughs> I can do. Uh, so it's so funny. If you're 
a white person watching this right now, or really any type of person watching this right now, you should watch Undercover Brother because they make jokes about how like white people love mayonnaise, and it's part of like the, this black undercover agent is trying to like become more white and kind of like pass as a white person, so they like make him eat mayonnaise and stuff. Um, I don't do. I will only do mayonnaise as like a small layer on a sandwich, and that's it. That's the only place that I'm using mayonnaise in my life, uh, and from there. Uh, that that's its spot. That's its position within my world. Not a big mayonnaise lover. Yeah, me either. I can tolerate it, but I'd rather have any sandwich without mayonnaise. I can do like an aioli if that's the same thing. I don't know, but like uh, when it's know. like, you know, sriracha mayo or garlic mayo or something like then that. Then you're down that, with it. I can do that, but like just the regular taste mayonnaise. Bleh. Or a good deviled egg. Is that a white thing? Deviled eggs. Is that I, white food? I, I'm sure someone's going to say it's French or something, but oh, uh, that sounds like it. Okay, well, th- that has mayonnaise in it. We'll claim it. We'll claim it. <laughs> yeah, that's what white people do. They'll go around claiming things that aren't. <laughs> yeah, just working by flag. Just going to plant it in there. White. Uh, RP Awareness Month. What's up, man? Says, hey there, gang. I'm part Dutch, Bolivian, Brazilian, and I think some Italian. But what I know for sure is that I'm 100% red pill aware. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Love that. He's going to do his uh, Ancestry.com. and It's just going to come back red pilled. <laughs> mm-hmm. By the way, Alex, you're going to love Saturday's video. Yes. I think we mentioned that already, but it's coming are. out tomorrow on modern dating standards and modern women being Delulu. So you so better be the first comment. Get ready. Yeah. Get your notifications on. <laughs> Uh, Isaac Gorski says Cornish pasties are an American, amazing American Cornish food. Cornish pasties. Cornish. That sounds British. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, of Cornish pixies from Harry Potter. So It is British, I think. this is uh, The only reason I know that is because I watch those like random YouTube videos where they have like celebrities eat certain foods or whatever. And I love Florence Pugh and Florence Pugh did it. And she's like Cornish pasties. Mm. that's not at all how she sounds because she has a very unique voice but i was like i'm pretty sure that's british i had never heard of that there you go um mcgup says jello is the official snack of the state of utah wow so it must indeed be white people food that's the educational content i'm here for you give me a strawberry jello it's gone okay so the white people really took off on that one they put their whole elbow grease into jello wow (laughs) So my aunt makes uh, this oh. Jello dessert with like pretzels in it, and like there's like a layer of whipped cream on the top, uh-huh. and like strawberries down in there and stuff. It's I'm all it's it's a Thanksgiving thing. There for uh, it. It's really good. Uh, Cameron Campbell again says, in my opinion, getting mad at a stranger who doesn't know your neo pronouns is like getting mad at strangers for not knowing your name. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Or like if a stranger mispronounces your name, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. No, no worries. Literally happens to me all the time. I don't even correct strangers when they mispronounce my name. Even live on television, if you say my name wrong, I'm just like, okay, yeah, Amala. That's my name. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Which has happened. It happens all the time. time. Literally all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't I literally don't care. As a producer, I'll be like talking to their person or the interviewer themselves and be like, it's they're like, oh, how does it pronounce? Is it Amala or, or Amala? And I'm like, it's Amala. And then like five seconds later, I'm like, we got Amala Epinobi on the show today. Right. Which <laughs> is like you could get mad and be like, we told you already what your name is. But at a certain point, if so many people are mispronouncing your name, you got to look internally and go, somebody messed up my name. And you know what? It's not my fault. It's, it's not their fault that they get my name wrong. It's my name. is just a tricky one to get. And there you go. And you live with it. Mm-hmm. 
Should start putting a little accent over the A to, yeah. to designate that that's the syllable that you... I still meant. think people would mispronounce oh, it. They would. People don't know anything about accents yeah. in there. Uh, the, Sam C. says, uh, after the hair texture lesson, I went down a rabbit hole of learning way too much about bonnets. I live in South Africa. There's no such thing as a bonnet here because mm. they came from white people. See, you know, and bonnets... Like the little silk, I wear a little sink, a silk bonnet sometimes when I go to sleep. This is another feature uh, in America that is typically what black people do. So they'll be like wear a silk pillowcase before they go to bed or wear a silk bonnet. But it's actually, a uh, matter of fact, good for all hair types. All hair types can wear a silk bonnet and it helps your hair, you know, maintain its smoothness, maintain good texture, maintain its health. To where, you know, all the goodness in your hair isn't being absorbed by your cotton pillowcase. So, fun fact, y'all. Get a silk bonnet or a silk uh, pillowcase. So, it's not cultural appropriation if I wear one to sleep tonight. No, it's not. You will look <laughs> funny, but it's not cultural appropriation. <laughs> I post a selfie on my Instagram yeah, story. In this bonnet. In silk bonnet. Yep. Nobody can cancel me. Uh, the Taylor fan club. I... I'm just going to claim that again uh, as being for me. Uh, <laughs> afternoon, our royal overlord. You're looking mighty handsome today. It so is I never for you. understood the food appropriation of things. My parents are from the Caribbean. Uh, most Caribbean food originates from India. Yeah, I mean, like if you just look at how many people have, you know, moved all over the world and the foods that they've carried with them, the spices they've carried with them, things like, you know, I don't know, teas, drinks, everything, everything, drugs, all, all the different things that have been moved around the earth as people move around the earth. It's going to be hard to track really anything down and all things are going to be an amalgamation of other cultures and places. Totally. I, I hope you're not offended by Caribbean jerk sauce at Buffalo Wild Wings because that's my favorite flavor. <laughs> that and mango habanero. But fun fun story about Caribbean food. I had a I graduated high school in, in Panama City, Panama at a little Christian English speaking school. I had graduated 13 people. And one of those was the daughter of uh, her parents owned like a resort in the Caribbean. She was from Turks and Caicos. And uh, we had like a cultural exchange day. And her family got a little plane to fly food into Panama from their resort and like cater the event for us. And wow. uh, had some bomb jerk chicken that day. Nice. So shout out to Caribbean food. Living luxury. <laughs> uh, Jay Rankin says, coming from the left leaning side, I love your show. I think you're wonderful. Also, you and another YouTuber brought up the 1975 and I've been converted. They're great. LOL. First That's positive a win. <laughs> yes. That is heard. a huge win. Wow, we got one. One convert, and that is all that I need. Which is so funny. I almost put a 1975 video on uh, today's show because uh, Maddie Healy did a concert and said, like, uh, Kanye is one of my inspirations, minus the anti-Semitism. And obviously people are all up in arms. Like, how dare you say that about somebody, which is just so ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't talk about that today. But I'm glad that you uh, you like the music. Yeah, finally, finally got one positive comment. Uh, Emily King says, hey, guys, hair facts for you today. Oval hair follicle grows with kinks. In parentheses, African. Round shape grows straight hair, Asian. And mixed is European. Hey, I've got that oval, that oval on me. I keep that oval mm. on me. <laughs> so let me stop, let me stop. I actually learned about that. I'm trying to think where. It was either in high school anatomy or I think it... 
I want to say might have been my nursing class when we did anatomy in the first year. We talked about different hair shapes. And I had no idea that there was like different shapes that brought about the different patterns. But this is a fun fact. Love that we're on uh, our hair journey on the show. Yeah, I'm learning so many things. Uh, Julian Giangrande says, have you ever seen Married with Children? Yes, uh, that's the one that's love and marriage, love and marriage. Go together like a horse and carriage. I used to watch that all the time as a kid uh, because I think it came on Nick at Night. Did it not? I'm pretty sure that's a Nick at Night show. Sounds right. I think it was Nick at Night and that used to come on and George Lopez used to come on. So I, as a little kid, was watching George Lopez and Married with Children. And there was another one, too. Which What's the one with um, with the black family? That comes on at um, Nick at Night. Family Matters? Not Family Matters. The ball-headed, light-skinned black guy. I'll have to find it. One of you will know in the chat. But yes, loved Married with Children. And fun fact, the wife in Married with Children voices Leela in Futurama, which is also a great show. Oh, there you go. I the wonder what's you know? on Nick at Night these days. Do they even still have Nick at Night? I don't know I don't if they know. do still have Nick at Night. But it used to be wholesome. It Lord knows what they're showing these days. My wife and kids. Thank you, Jay Rankin, for that. Ah. My wife and kids. Also, I loved Everybody Hates Chris. Somebody else commented that. But that was a, not the right show, but also love that show. Uh, Anisha says, it's funny how we mix nationalities and race. I'm Dutch born, but not white. Have a Suriname Indian background. Uh, so the whole idea of appropriation when you're used to Caribbean culture is just weird. Yeah, I imagine there's going to be a good amount of people who are just like, I don't know what to do in this case. You you look a certain way, but you're actually from this place and this place has influences of that place. And at some point, it just becomes so confusing that why bother, which is my whole point. Why bother? Uh, Janine Buchert says a white male here in Canada could be poutine. There you go. That's a I, that is like the fries with the sauce and the cheese curds on it, right? Yeah. Never had that before. It looks a little scary. I'm not going to lie. But they used to have a poutine place in Hollywood I'd go to. Huh. Um, right by Stout over there where we got lunch one time. But um, we did yeah, go there. It, yeah. It's good stuff. The only reason I'm scared about it is I'm a texture person and like soggy anything does not sit well with me. And it does look a little soggy. Mm, I'm Sorry, sure if it's done right, they can prevent the sog. But prevent the sog. We shall see. Hashtag prevent the sog. <laughs> Kimberly says, uh, first live, I should be doing homework, but I have to do a paper on diversity issues in society. And I really hate that topic. What do? You should write about how there's not enough diverse opinions in society and turn in the paper <laughs> and, see, mm -hmm. and see what they say about it. Yeah, we, we've talked pl plenty about diversity on this channel. So yeah. you can get some good conversation points from mm -hmm. the many topics that we've covered <laughs> around diversity. Although we don't know how it's going to affect your grade. So no yeah, grade guarantee, guarantee on that one. Uh, can't guarantee it'll go over well with your teacher. And we are not liable if you yeah. do get a bad grade. Um, just kidding. Just say diversity is our strength. Yeah, exactly. Um, Reddit, Reddit sex defender is this person's name. Interesting. Sex hey, Amla with and a Co. T? Defender. Yeah, okay. Oof. So I guess that's, I don't know if that's much better. But, I don't know either. Um, anyways, hey there, I'm Blanco. Props from a Swiss chimney sweep here. You see 
these people via screens, I have to enter their homes. It's interesting, though. Ah, I bet it is. I bet you have an, a very interesting job. Chimney sweeper. That's a job I didn't know was still maintained. And I'm happy to hear that it is. I don't know why that brought me joy to hear that you're a chimney sweeper, but it did. And I hope it brings you joy as well. <laughs> yeah, it gives me like Mary Poppins vibes or something. <laughs> it's the chimney sweep. I love sweep. it. Well, you threw me off with your, your name, but yes. it sounds like you're a cool dude. You want so. us back, so we're back. Yeah, Redemption. Uh, Lorraine Grubb says that this video needed to include North versus South, specifically cornbread dressing versus stuffing. I'm from Texas. It's not Thanksgiving without cornbread dressing. Oh, so there's a dress, dressing versus stuffing civil war going on? Yeah, I've heard about that. I don't know, like, what do you call it? I grew up calling it stuffing i think i've heard it both ways my minnesotan family but i don't really bat an eye when someone says dressing yeah they're interchangeable to this me this sounds like a poll that we need to make right now <laughs> is in the it chat stuffing give me a second or is it dressing <laughs> oh and someone said stuffing I, wait no we said that dressing stuffing is there any other words dressing stuffing i don't know any other words yeah no that's all i all i know what do you say dressing, dressing. or stuffing it's like, what that's language like the are y'all using? versus pecan versus pecan. Yeah, right. Caramel versus caramel. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I can't. Caribbean versus Caribbean. Well, that one's easy. If you're talking about <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, then you say Car- <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. If you're saying it in any other context, it's Caribbean. <laughs> Which is so weird. I don't know why that is. It's so weird. But Pirates uh, of the Caribbean sounds so wrong. Sounds so very wrong. Like, oh yeah, disgraceful. It's actually disgraceful. Straight to jail. Throw you in off the block the plank. Do not collect do 200 that. for real. For real. <laughs> Go to Davy Jones locker. <laughs> um, Cameron Campbell says, my barber pointed out in the 90s that there was so much eating disorders as kids felt, quote unquote, uncomfortable. Now you got uncomfortable being trans. Oh, well, yeah, I think in, in eating disorders are still a huge thing now. Uh, I, and it's just more. It just feels like every, everything that what we were dealing with, there's just more and more intense now it's really weird it is those barber conversations mm-hmm. uh, looks like 80 percent of you say stuffing 20 percent say dressing whoa so, i definitely heard stuffing more than dressing so I, that's where i voted which i'm mm-hmm. watching you guys in the chat uh albert armstead says happy thanksgiving amala and taylor thank you happy thanksgiving happy to you thanksgiving guys to you mm-hmm. um my here Goyal says, hey, Amal, I love your content. Can you please do the eight values political test eight now? Political Thanks. Test. How long does that take? Uh, yeah, we're going to see how long it takes. If it, if it takes too long, we're, we're, we can't be doing it now. All right. While she pulls that up, I'm going to read a couple more. Um, Paradox Media says the main problem with film and TV, even non-woke stuff, is the writing. Uh, a lot of these actors are fantastic, but they're shackled by poor writing. Yeah, for real. You watch some people and you're like, I know you have talent. Like, I know there's no way you're. this is what you're giving me right now. And it's just because if you have a poorly written script, there's only so many ways you can, like, do it. Free and, Nick Cage. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I mean, won an Oscar. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, no, that, that sucks. It does. Also, this eight values test has 70 questions, so we can't do that today. Maybe we can do it as a video or as like a fun Friday thing next yeah. week or something. Yeah, I but can see that. That's a good idea. Uh, Yuki91 says the prince in ni- the 97 live action Cinderella was Asian. Whoopi Goldberg played his mom and his dad was white. Makes no sense, but the movie was good. 19 when Cinderella? 97 live action Cinderella. There was an uh, Asian prince 
Is that with Brandy? Was his mom? Is it live action Cinderella? 1997. Yeah, that's the one with Brandy. Interesting. Uh, yeah, no, I saw that one. That was good. And Whitney Houston was in that one as well. Um, as well. I don't know why I said it like that. Whitney Houston was in there as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's the here's the prince. And uh, there you go. Hmm. I haven't seen this one, although I have heard good things. And I have heard some of the music from it. And the music is really good. So, you know what? If, it, if you can stand in it and uh, make it sound good and look good. It, again, you can sort of overlook it. You can sort of suspend logic for a second and be like okay well he's good enough that it doesn't make me care about what's going on yeah and back then it was more there wasn't all this subtext of agenda going mm -hmm. on in hollywood so you can you know just throw everything up in the air do all kinds of crazy stuff with stories with like and no nobody bats an eye because it's like it's just you're taking some creative license with something and there's not right. this subtext that we're expecting this forced diversity or anything. So I feel like I don't yeah. think that got a lot of pushback in its time because we were just at a different cultural moment. Cause it was, it would literally be like, Oh yeah. Uh, the, the booking producer or whatever, you know, saw this guy, he's just super talented. I, and he has the most chemistry with Brandy. So we're just going to go ahead and throw him in the film and people would go, Oh yeah, if their chemistry speaks for itself, that's fine. Put him in the film and he'll play the Prince. And now they go like, okay, we're going to put him in the film, but he's going to talk about how he's Asian and she's black and how it's not going to work because of their dynamic between their two races. Like, they can't just, like, let it lie and be like, this guy's just talented. Let it sit in there. It's now like, oh, but Cinderella, our two backgrounds will clash and our families won't accept each other and all this stuff. It's just like, get over yourself. <laughs> get over it. Uh, last one, says Cameron Campbell. Uh, favorite food for Thanksgiving. By the way, you need to play Chandler's from Friends State Game. I play it every year. Hmm. I've never Another watched Friends, really. I always kind of watched in the background, so I don't know like the Friends lore all that well. But on your other question, favorite Thanksgiving food. Uh, mine is like a combination of foods. Okay, here's here's what you put on your fork, guys. You, it's very very simple: turkey, mound of mashed potatoes, cranberry sauce, and specifically the jellied can cranberry sauce. <laughs> None of that real stuff. One, two, three, and make sure you have some turkey skin on there. And that is a great, a great bite. I also like real cranberry sauce, but, you know, nothing tops the jellied cranberry sauce in the can. Sorry. Wow. It's just true. Yeah. I'm like team mashed potatoes with gravy or like sweet potatoes with when it's got like candied brown sugar, streusel stuff on it or whatever. Like that's really good. Okay. Um, turkey. Right. Yeah. My, my brother, my brother's family does a... um. Virginia ham every year because he's from mm -hmm. Virginia or, and Virginia. Uh, his father-in-law and uh that's really tasty as well nice um by the way the states game is just I looked it up can Chandler I guess named all 50 states in six minutes or less which I can totally do I can do it in like a minute oh. I had to learn a song when I was in uh, middle school there you go <laughs> so Taylor's better better than Chandler mm-hmm we like did a whole competition over like the span of a week of who could say it the fastest. <laughs> so I won't be forgetting that anytime soon. Um, Danny Taronis again says Mexicans are white. We were colonized by Spain, which is white, unless you are 100% native Mexican. And that is rare now these days. Yeah, I get so confusing and stuff because then it's like, OK, are we talking about the skin color? Or are we talking about the background? Which which metric are we using to judge this? I just don't even bother anymore. I can prep too, says Amla. Thank you for allowing us to see your vulnerable moment the other day and sharing such an important message. 
This is why I respect you. So sorry for the loss of a friend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And it was more so I'm like, okay, you know, if if you can help anybody with what's happened and, you know, have somebody reach out because they're in pain. For those of you who don't know, uh, my boyfriend's friend uh, died due to suicide. So uh, we talked about that on the show yesterday. And just the main message is if you are struggling in life, reach out to somebody and talk to them. There will be somebody who will who would be more than happy to to help you so i'm glad that uh some people benefited from that i've been going through and reading the comments on yesterday's live of all the people who are sharing their own personal stories of dealing with suicide within their family or friends or people who they know who have experienced it and it's it's something that is not talked about enough uh yeah, yeah. it's so unfortunate and thanks for that i can prep too um Mikhail Bonarotti says my global help desk constantly misgenders each other because English is their second language. I refuse to kowtow to the whiners in my woke company culture. Yeah, it's kind of hard, man, especially if English is not your first language, dude, and you have to figure out all this gender stuff plus the actual language itself. Just don't. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. My hair... Oh, we did that a second ago. Sorry. Um, Celtic Blacksmith says, I pronounce it Amala because you're just too damn cute, darling. <laughs> I love this southern accent you, you threw on that at the end. <laughs> Thank well, you. <laughs> he spelled it. He didn't say darling. Uh, darling. You know, Celtic, I, it sounds like it should be Irish, so it should be like, I pronounce it Amala because you're just too darn cute. That's really good. Oh, we need to bring back accents on this show. You used to them a lot. If I could Mm -hmm. have any accent, brother, I'm telling you what, I wish I was Southern because the Southern accent is just so warm and nice. You wish you were Southern. You're from Florida. Well, I am from Florida, but I didn't, for some reason, I didn't get any of like, I didn't get a Southern draw and it makes me so upset. You know, like when you're a kid and you're like, I wish my parents had like forced me to play piano at two years old or something like that. I'm like, I wish my parents spoke in fake accents (laughs) so that I had one. Uh, Uh, I like subconsciously start dropping my vowels a little bit and talking a little more Southern when I'm around my wife's family. And it's like, Sometimes it's 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 like subconscious. I have to fight against it because yep. it can almost sound like I'm mocking them. Right. Um, and anyway, I'm, I think a lot horrible. of people do that very same thing. Like when I was in London, you're every other person you know, you're talking to is British, and you just feel yourself like you have to fight the Mind urge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like fighting demons, not wanting to like use a British accent in front of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Daniel Santana says 1975 is not bad. They made me a fan. Wow, we're just making oh great gosh. strides today. Oh, they should hire me, all, all the work that I'm doing on behalf of this band. <laughs> uh, Skylar Adamson says, half Mauritanian, half English with 3C slash 4A mm. ringlets in Australia. Have to buy my products overseas. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen like the, maybe there's not as many like products for textured hair or whatever. Um, whenever I go to the store, it's just you get your little section for textured hair. I head over there. Grab all I got and then you move on. But it's expanding, y'all. It's expanding. We're getting four C representation. We're getting all the C's and <laughs> and <laughs> C's and B representation. Rise up, speak out. Four C's unite. My here Goyal again says, Hey Amala, my friend is a communist. What should I do? <laughs> um I don't know if there's anything to do. Continue being their friend, you know, lead by example. 
in your in whatever values you have and you know just keep it chill keep it chill i'm sure they'll they'll come around <laughs> <laughs> yeah keep being you keep being you and don't keep become nice. a communist yep um all right Francisco Milan says, I don't identify as American. It makes shit simple for everyone, especially myself. Also, hi, Ambla. This is my first stream. Oh, dope. Nice. It, it makes it simpler. How does it make it simpler? I'm curious. I don't know that we'll Because, get like, it. people hate America? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that is what it is. But also, welcome to your, your first stream. We don't hate Americans here, so if you are one, let us know. Be we swear not to tell anybody. <laughs> Drop some uh. American flag and eagle emojis in the chat. R W B Y Nora says stuffing in the bird, dressing outside the bird. That makes sense. You know what? This is why we pay you the big bucks. Okay. Because you bring us insight. Okay. That was, I didn't know that. Now, you know, that makes total but sense <laughs> because if you're stuffing something, it's inside the bird. If you're dressing something, it's out on them. Wow. But I feel like a lot of our Texas people who are insistent on calling it stuffing uh, might disagree and think that just putting the stuffing on your plate is still stuffing. I think the stuffing has to come from inside the bird. This is the revelation of a lifetime, and I will never be the same. But when you take the stuffing out of the bird, does it become dressing? I, I don't think so. I think it's where you cooked it that matters. At what moment does it become a life? <laughs> the age-old debate. Uh, Ravoya says, I grew up in Texas. We called it stuffing if we put it in the turkey and any extra we called dressing. Okay, there you go. So even Wow, Texans, guys. We're okay with it. One more. So, uh, Lorraine Grubbs weighs in on the stuffing dressing debate. Uh -huh. Stuffing is made with white bread and dressing is made with cornbread. I work from home as a resume writer and listen to your channel every day. I'm going to settle this once and for all. Stuffing versus dressing. <laughs> it does say stuffing is cooked in the cavity of the turkey. So the juice is soaked into the ingredients, making it more flavorful. Dressing gets cooked on its own and needs extra liquid to make it flavorful. Mmm. More, you know, people. we've solved it. Got we, to the bottom. We've solved it. We are mystery <laughs> uh, gang. And I think is that our last super chat of the day? Um, scrolling up to see if I missed any, but let me know, guys. Otherwise, I think we can close out here. Just double checking, y'all. Doing our due diligence. <laughs> we take yeah, it very no, seriously around these parts. I think I think we covered all of the super chats. <laughs> all right, don't, don't keep us here for another 20 minutes like you did yesterday. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching the show. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern. Plus, we post videos for you guys every single day. Tomorrow's video is about a modern woman and her modern dating standards. Will they find her a man or will they not? We don't know, but we're going to find out tomorrow as you watch the show how to throw some southern accent into that guys thank you so much for watching please like y'all take care now y'all take care now but make sure y'all like subscribe click the notification bell to be notified every single time we're live as i said that's monday wednesday friday and y'all have a good time you hear have a great weekend bye guys